Welcome to the Atomic Mummy podcast with your host, Kim Pangaro. This is your podcast to understand everything and anything about parenting life, where each episode she speaks to special guests and covers even the most taboo of parenting topics. Before diving in, remember, you can find the Atomic Mommy podcast on iTunes and Spotify or on her website at www.atomicmommy.net. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Atomic Mommy. And on this week's podcast, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Paul Aiello, and he is a realtor to the stars for the property people. Now, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about his bio and his background, so at least you know who he is and why I have decided to have him on the show. So Paul Aiello is a former professional entertainer, moonlighting for the past 23 years as an educator, seven years as a professional volleyball official, and is in his first year as a realtor. Getting off to a quick start, Paul attributes his success in real estate to his skill set as an educator and nurturer. These characteristics enable him to connect with people as everyone has had their favorite teacher at one point in their lives. Paul seeks to educate home sellers and first-time home buyers on the process and the pitfalls to make the most stressful event in one's life the least stressful. Doing this all with hilarity and a friendly demeanor, join Paul in this podcast and on his adventure to change lives one property at a time. So everybody, please give me a warm welcome for Paul. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking that. So we're going to get right into this. And for those of you who are just tuning in or listening, you can go ahead and listen to Atomic Mommy on iTunes and on Spotify. And if you want to know more about Paul Aiello, the Realtor to the Stars, you need to follow him on Instagram at Paul Aiello Realtor and also on Facebook at Paul Aiello Realtor. And if you want to find him and help him, have him help you with buying a house or with selling a house, you can find Find him at uh, www.propertypeoplegroup.com. Okay, Paul, so tell us a little bit how you got started in real estate. You know, I just read that whole bio for you. 23 years as an educator is a huge milestone. So why the change up in careers? Well, I've always had a lot of different interests. And, you know, I went with the safe career of being a teacher and I'm enjoying it still, but I have the need for a change. So I had been wanting to be a realtor for a very long time. And when I went house shopping with Matt O'Hare, my realtor, (laughs) uh, four years ago, I think he was your realtor too. Yeah, he Um, was mine too. (laughs) (laughs) Four years ago, I really enjoyed the process. And he and I have very similar personalities. So I thought, wow, he's so enjoyable to do this process with. I would be good at this. And so... I spoke to him and I told him I would be very interested. And he's like, you know, well, when you're ready, let me know. And I'm unfortunately, you know, always busy teaching school, officiating volleyball, sometimes performing in community theater. And so the taking the time to go to school, that was just was not in the cards. And I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Then comes coronavirus pandemic and lockdowns and no volleyball. And so that gave me the time. And I was like, holy moly. So the class started January 4th, 2021. And it was Monday through Friday for two weeks. 
online from 5 to 10 p.m. So I would teach school during the day, take a nap, and then <laughs> take the class. <laughs> need, to get that nap need to get that nap in, mommy. And so it was great. And the guy really made me feel like I was good at the class and that I was going to be good. And then I wound up running the the review session. Of course, the teacher ran the review session for the whole class for seven days in a row. And then I wound up passing the test, first time school test, first time state test. And that's when I reached out to Will Alfaro at the property people group and said, all right, Will, I'm ready. And that's how I got started. Now, that is a very fantastic story. So a lot of people don't always get to do exactly what they want career wise. And I'm I'm so proud of you. I can't believe that you like did teaching for so many years. You're still doing it and that you find the time to give back to your community as a volleyball official and also be a realtor. That's fantastic. Also really exhausting. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know either. I need sleep. I need sleep. (laughs) So, I mean. It's got to be hard to start something like real estate that requires, you know, public places and faces and talking in person during a pandemic. What was that like? Well, I mean, I guess technically we're still in a pandemic, right? But we're not in as terrible of the part of the pandemic as we were, I guess. So my license became active in March of 2021. So I feel like things were lightening up because I remember doing my first open house And there were a lot of people coming through and we still had to only allow, you know, maybe one or two couples in the house at a time. And I just started to meet people and greet people and talk with them. And I was afraid to let them know that I hadn't been a realtor very long. (laughs) And so I kept that a secret. I told nobody I was a teacher. I just, you know, faked it. Um, Like I'd been doing it for a while. And I met this couple who immediately wanted to go look at houses with me and invited me to a listing appointment to sell their house. And I kind of, I didn't really uh, stress over it. I just took them to see whatever. We wore masks. We followed all the protocols. I filled out all the paperwork in advance to go see the houses because that was a part of it, you know, eight months ago. And I got to practice being a realtor with this couple, Linda and Blair, and they were just great. They wound up not selling their house and not moving yet, but they were just so friendly and they basically let me practice and they didn't even know it. And so that's how I got started. That's a really good story. You know, as a former realtor myself a long time ago, well, not that long ago, but still, I think that having really good first time clients sets the tone and the pace for the rest of your career in real estate. So I think it's fantastic that you had a really nice set of clients right there. It's not always you find them. Yeah, they were really cool. Like I would still befriend them. I mean, I think they felt a little badly that they didn't wind up selling or buying a house <laughs> because she kind of dropped off the face of the earth. But I still would be her friend. You know, she was really kind. And I appreciated that. You know, you and I are similar in that. We just appreciate kindness in people. And yeah, it's it's all the rage, you know. I just don't think everybody's caught on yet. Mm. Well, they need to hurry up and catch on. Kindness is amazing. I love kindness. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. You um, bought your house with Matt, what, four years ago, you said? Yeah, December. What is today? December 3rd? I closed on December 5th, 2017. Oh, wow. So you're about to have your anniversary. Yeah. Like officially four years? Officially, yeah. Wow, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Bring out the wine. (laughs) So let me ask you this question. Is it like a different experience for you as a realtor taking out clients now technology-wise versus what it was like when Matt was taking you around looking at houses four years ago? 
Have you seen the technology change? Yeah, I mean, y- yes, I guess. I don't know if I was using Zillow back then. Yeah, I guess I was using Zillow four years ago. I just don't remember because, you know, I'm getting older. Yeah, I mean, there was no housing on Facebook or anything like that, right? There was no housing posted on Instagram. This is all recent. So it was either Zillow or you ask your guy to print you out listings from the MLS that you didn't have access to. I don't think I had access to NJ MLS four years ago. Anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but as a buyer, I don't think that I even knew about it. They're not popular. They, they do have a, a consumer ability. Like you go on njmls.com and, and be able to look at houses, but it's nowhere near as popular as Zillow or, or realtor.com. Right. And, um, you know, also uh, I think Redfin is much more prevalent now, right? Just even as a site to look at houses than it was four years ago. So I think buyers now have a greater opportunity to see available houses than I did. I actually drove by this house on the way to my brother's house while it was being built. So I already knew about it, but I thought it looked too small. And then when it was near completion, I was like, no, that's a good size house. I yeah, need to I've go been see in your that. house. It's fantastically sized. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank it's you. like a lot bigger than mine. Like mine's cute and quaint and yours is like a brand new, like half of a mansion, I'll say. Oh yeah. It's, it's just it's palatial. Gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You have a lot of space. I love it. I love that you have a lot of space and your basement. Did you start working on your basement? No. Not, so not that I'm this gonna, is important. Finish the basement and I'm going to do an outdoor living space out the kitchen. I'm going to make a deck with a patio below and a hot tub and a fireplace outside. And it's going to be nice. We're going to have a lot of fun there. I think. Ooh, ooh, check me off for coming for the hot oh, tub and stuff. For sure. You're on the list. <laughs> Evite sent. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of things that a lot of buyers and sellers don't know about realtors. And I want you to give out maybe like three to five things that you would like buyers and, and sellers to really know that about a realtor and the tips and tricks and tools that we have right at our fingertips to really help them through the process. Okay. So number one, I saw a quote today <laughs> that said, oh, wait, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. <laughs> this is great about the podcast that I can just do this. It says selling your house without an agent is like ordering a margarita without tequila. Yeah, that's true though. (laughs) It's just no frills and no fun. Okay. So a couple things. Number one, an agent has access to so much resources and tools that you are unaware of. That's number one. We have access to off-market properties through our team. We have access to for sale by owners. And we're able to, you know, negotiate with these people on your behalf. That's number one. Number two, when you're a part of a team like we are, we market to areas and to zip codes, the boroughs, out of state. So if you're listing your home with Zillow, it's going to one place you know, um, and it's going into the, the place that someone has to actually click on the other tab, other listings. Like it might not even be very obvious to someone at first. So we are marketing your home for you. And what happens when you get such exposure, more and more people come to your home to see it. And it doesn't matter that you're paying a realtor, a commission, because you're going to get over asking, by several people, and that may pay your entire commission. 
right? So I think that's important. And I think also, you know, I don't know anything about cars, for example, right, Kim? And I bring my car to the professional, do what they do, right? I go to the dentist because he does what he does. And I think that you should, when you have such an important investment, like a home, use the realtor. They are the professional and they have lots of resources to help you. I like the word you just use investment. A lot of buyers, especially first time buyers, don't realize that buying a home is in fact an investment and it could be a very long-term investment that's generational that, right. You could leave it to your kids and to your grandkids as well. Absolutely. Yeah. My mother always says, protect your investment. She's always saying to me, did you empty your dehumidifier in the basement? You have to protect (laughs) your investment. And in fact, that's what we have to do. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even technically live in a flood zone, but my home, that basement gets a dampness down there. If you don't have a dehumidifier, I think everybody should have a dehumidifier in their basement. That's just, you want to talk about a trick or a tip? That's That's one right there. Yeah, I have one too. Get that dehumidifier, period. Yeah, I don't live in a flood zone either. As a matter of fact, I get I get no flood zone, right? Not even on FEMA. I don't get any water. I sit high and pretty on a little hill at the top yeah. and know everybody else around me during, um, what was that last storm that we had? Ida. Ida. Everybody else around me got flooded. I was the only one that did not get flooded. I didn't even get, I got like a centimeter of seepage in my basement. That's it, nothing. But I always have a dehumidifier and to prevent like future things, maybe having a French drain installed. Yeah. When I finish the basement, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, but that dehumidifier during summer, when it's yeah. raining, it fills itself every other day. I'm emptying it the full, and it's the bigger one. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's just very important. That's such an important tip. That's a good one. What else you got for buyers and sellers out there? For buyers, you need to find someone who's an educated realtor. <laughs> what a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, as a teacher, it's just important to me. Like you're, there's someone, there's so many in, initial things, right? That go into that first time home buyer from telling you to get that pre-approval done before we go looking. So you don't get your hopes up and you're looking at homes you can't afford or the bank won't let you afford if you're not buying all cash which everyone seems to be doing. So I don't know where I missed the boat. Yeah, Um, me neither. (laughs) Good for them. You know, that pre-approval, that start is very important. See, a realtor is only as strong as their team. That's another thing. The lawyer that we're going to use, the lender that we're going to use, the inspector that I'm going to use, right? This is a team that I have put together that if you don't have these people, I'm bringing you some of the best in the business. And the better these people are, the quicker and smoother your transaction is going to be. So I'm not just some guy who goes in and turns on the lights (laughs) because you want to see a house. I've got a whole team prepared to bring you the most amazing transition during your home buying. You know, it's fantastic and wonderful that you just said that. I cannot even tell you what my brother-in-law just went through because he did not, how can I say this kindly? He chose not to take my recommendation to use, you know, uh, my team members and their recommendations for realtors and where he lives in real estate. He lived in PA and he was selling his home a few months ago, a townhouse. And he decided to go with a family member's brother. And you know the story. You already know where this is going to go. The family member's brother didn't vet 
my brother-in-law's lender didn't talk to the underwriter, didn't even think about like during the appraisal process or didn't do any of the stuff he was supposed to do. Didn't think about the home inspection, nothing. When it came time for my brother-in-law to close on his house in Connecticut, because he was moving from Pennsylvania to Connecticut, he couldn't close on the house in Connecticut on time as scheduled because the buyer on his home in Pennsylvania didn't get the approval for the mortgage. So his realtor basically let it all fall through the cracks. And that was just one of the issues. Then when he finally got to a different buyer, because he got lucky, he got a different buyer to buy his home in Pennsylvania. He goes to close on his house. He closed on his house in Connecticut and the realtor had told him he gets to keep all of the appliances, but he never went over the listing or the contract or the paperwork with the attorney to verify that. My brother-in-law moved in two weeks ago and he's like, where the heck is my refrigerator? They had taken it. It's insane when you don't have an educated realtor who has a wonderful team to help you and back you up. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible that your brother had to go through that. That's, you know, on our, on our team, we, we never want anyone to experience that. And, you know, we have multiple people checking over all the paperwork to make sure it doesn't. I'm not the only one, right? There's a transaction coordinator. There's a listing <laughs> coordinator. So, I mean, that's, that's we just have, we have a, like a system of checks and balances technically. That's amazing. You need that. Yeah. I was only on the team for a, a short few months, but having that ability. So I was, in, you know, I was an independent realtor for a really long time. I think about six yes. years and then joining Will's team for those few months, having that checks and balance system there and ready for me took so much pressure off of me. I did not have to go through every single line at all. Like it was good to have someone there to back me up when I was busy or too busy to look at everything. You know, it, that's just the beauty of working on a team. Yeah the support, the resources, the camaraderie, and just the the learning every day because you're in an office with 25 other realtors that are going through these experiences, whether good or bad, and sharing them with you all the time. So you're learning even more on what happens if, you know, if this situation occurs, what are you going to do to help your client? How will you avoid this pitfall? How will you be proactive towards that? So it's just, I think it's just such a bonus to work with a realtor that's on a team like ours. No, I I definitely agree. So now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I'm going to gear the rest of this podcast towards helping buyers buy in this economy. We all know how price appreciation of homes has soared over the last year. Indeed. You know, according to fortune.com, just in the last 12 month period from August, 2020 to August, 2021, there was a 19.9% home price appreciation. That's, crazy, right? Like, am I wrong? No, that's so crazy. In fact, you know, earlier in the year, we were learning that it was 11. So the fact that it's 19 is amazing. And, you know, they say that next year, it's still going to be a 5% increase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, talk about an investment just by sitting in your home, you're gaining equity, you know? But now that we talk about prices going up, and there are definitely a lot of cash buyers out there that could afford, you know, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar homes, and a lot of them are coming from the big cities, right? Right. So now my next question is this, and this is for all of the buyers out there who are listening: How do we get first time home buyers who don't have that kind of cash on hand into a home when the prices are still surging and and more than likely to continue? Maybe not as high or as quickly, but still continue upwards. 
Well, we have a saying on our team that terms matter. The terms of the contract matter. So in addition to having as close to 20% down as possible, that is the number, right? You're going to save yourself on PMI and it looks like you're you know, fully vested in this purchase and this offer. What are you going to do about inspection, right? Are you going to have an appraisal waiver? And if so, what about an appraisal shortage waiver? Uh, you know, keeping it limited to a certain amount. A full waiver is even better. But again, a first-time homebuyer isn't someone that's usually having the pockets or the wallet to do a full appraisal waiver. I mean, they could be, but those are the people coming in with all the cash. If you're not the full cash buyer, then that term matters, the appraisal waiver. Are you simply saying inspection requests are only going to be limited to structural safety and environmental? Are you being flexible with the closing date? If you don't have a property to sell already and you're coming from a rental or from your parents' house, we could take advantage of that, you know, because maybe the all-cash buyer needs the seller to be out in 30 days, 45 days, but you don't. So that's a bonus for you. So we have to totally, you know, get to know each other. I need to be completely knowledgeable about your situation so that I can write the best terms when we write the offer because terms matter and it matters who you work with. I'm going to give you an example. There's something called an escalation clause and former students of mine asked me if I could find them a house by June. I found them a house by November and we put in the offer. And I want to say they were offering, you know, below 700. Let's say they were offering six, seven. And I said, whatever your price is, your highest price, we will beat it by $3,000 up to a certain amount. And when the realtor called me back, she's like, the sellers really want to work with your clients. They liked them as a couple. And we got this amount. And I said, okay, well, it's under our limit. So we're going to beat it by three. And they said, okay, it's yours. So if I didn't know about an escalation clause, which I didn't until someone at the property people on the team taught me, I wouldn't have gotten that house for the client. So there's so many things that matter. And you know, the more stories I have, the better I'm going to be at representing my first time home buyer and getting them that house. Wow. That's stunning. Well, it's just, it's a combination of luck and wanting as much knowledge. I try and soak it up like a sponge, you know, because as someone in their first year, I have to learn as much as possible so that I can become successful as quickly as possible and retire from teaching. There is no time to slack. It's got to come quick. No time like the present. (laughs) Exactly. So you say terms matter, and you mentioned one of the ones called escalation, which is, is a, you know, a really good trick. What are some other ones that buyers can use to help them get into a home or have a, a better fighting chance of their offer getting accepted or at least to the top five? Because we, we've seen um, that happen time and time again. I think if it doesn't say it in the MLS, I think you should provide a sweetheart letter, they call it, right? Okay. You want to tell the sellers, how much you love their home and why, and you know your intent of growing your family there or whatever it might be. The letter has to be very specific and careful that it doesn't mention anything about religion or race and that there's no, you know, um, what is it called? Fair housing? Yeah, there's no, re- there's no re- regulations being, yeah. Um, but if you keep it like somewhat benign, 
you know, just speaking why you would like the house. That's another reason why my clients got this house that we're closing on in 10 days because the sellers loved that letter. Now do, um, and now this is something that's different from the time that I was in real estate to the time that I came back into real estate. So I know that people used to write those sweetheart letters and then they used to add a photo. How has that changed? Oh, no more photo. What's the reason? <laughs> What's the reason for that? I mean, I know what it is, but for the buyers out there who want I mean, to that's also that's also, you know, breaking, if you will, the fair housing uh, laws because a photo shows your color, shows your race, and we don't want anyone to know this because we want them to be colorblind when choosing uh, an offer. So we leave that out. Oh, that's good. Even though you're probably all beautiful, we just want to keep everything on the up and up. So what else you've got for buyers that are, that's a good like way to, you know, get an offer to the top of the list? Well, I don't know so much about necessarily getting your offer to the top of the list, but when you're looking, if you have a certain price point that you can't go above, but you want, you know, like a new home or something, you have to look at days on market. Like if you're using Zillow, which the, your typical buyer is using, the smarter buyer is using me, but the typical buyer right, <laughs> is using Zillow days on market. If it's one to seven or 10 days on market, it's going to be very difficult to get. That's just a given. But if it's got a little something wrong with it and you're okay with fixing something up, if it's on the market 40 to 60 to 80 days and it's nothing tragic, that's your better shot at getting that home. So we want something that's been on the market a couple days more than something very fresh. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. All right. So there you go. Days on market. That's another one. Let's check for something that's been there a little bit longer. A lot of times, everybody out there in listening land in Atomic Mommyville, um, <laughs> you are looking at houses on Zillow that are already taken. Oh, They're yeah. already under contract. They're already in attorney review. Today, I had a client that I'm working with and he said, can you look into this for me? And in the middle of class, I was like, sure. Pulled it up on my phone and it says, this house is under contract, you see. And then also on Zillow, it said, you see. So I don't know the screenshot he took of Zillow, didn't say it, but mine said like all over it, this house is under contract. <laughs> so- that's why give us a, a bunch of addresses that you're interested in during the week. Let's, and also timing. So give us a bunch of things you're interested in the week. Let me look at them all. Let me see what's still available of those that are still available. What do you love? Let's get in there and see it private showing or open house because the likelihood is it's going to be gone by Tuesday at five o'clock. So moving quickly is important. And that's the other thing. Don't drag your heels. Trust your realtor. You've picked this realtor because you trust them, because your sister-in-law, your friend, your brother said, this guy got me into my house. He did a great job. Trust their lead. Don't drag your heels. If you truly want that house, you have to move in the timeline that they are providing you. That does make sense. What about the, what else holds buyers back from maybe getting their offer accepted or maybe even themselves holding themselves back, if you get what I'm saying. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you have something in mind that you're trying to lead me to, but I would say the actual number, right? I don't know probably how to articulate this best, but if five or $10,000 more is going to help us get the house, ultimately, you know, Kim, that that $10,000 over the 
course of a 30-year mortgage is only a couple dollars a month in the mortgage. So try not to let this moment dictate, see the bigger picture. And your realtor has probably worked with other couples that have lost a house five, 10, 15, 20 times. And it's very depressing. Luckily, I'm not this guy, but I know of people in my office who have been through that. So just yeah, basically Go. try to see the, the try to see the five thousand or ten thousand difference in price is once divided long term over thirty years of your mortgage is it's really not right. That much if money. it means you're going to get the house, offer the extra ten thousand dollars. You know. Yeah, I think I've spoken to a few different lenders over the years, and one recently who told me that the average price per month for every ten thousand dollars above what you what you want to pay is like between forty four and fifty dollars extra on your monthly mortgage payment. Yeah. So I mean you really gotta ask buyers like do you want to lose the house over fifty dollars a month? Right. Like sometimes we say do you want to lose the house over the price of a pizza? Yeah. <laughs> or or pizza night once a month. Like it basically comes down to that. And I think sometimes uh if you have someone who is articulate or, or, you know, paints a good vision or is a good educator, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> they're able to get that point across to you more clearly and quickly enough so that you can make a, a good decision about putting in an offer. Let me ask you this other question. Cause this, this, I remember this particular topic that I'm about to ask you being a big one. I don't know if you know this, but when I started real estate, I started at during the recession, it was a very tough time mm. for sellers they lost the best of times. (laughs) I did. I learned a lot though, very quickly because you know, when you learn, you learn a lot, you learn a lot in those types of financial situations. So for buyers, they, it was similar in the sense they were getting, you know, offered, you know, they had to offer lots of money. and, And a lot of times there were bidding wars like crazy, just in a different arena, I guess you could say, because now prices are through the roof back then prices were the lowest they've been in years. You know, I'm going to ask this question to you because I know you have dealt with many buyers already. What is something that buyers should keep in mind when they're searching for a house? Because a lot of times buyers don't realize that they're not going to get every single thing that they want in a home when they're buying a home, especially when their budget is tight. Oh yeah. So you've got to have your list, right? Your must-haves and your would love to haves. Yeah. Because <laughs> ultimately you're not going to get everything you want in the house. I'm going to try my hardest to make sure it's got it all, but it might not be in your budget. Everybody wants a garage. Some of these houses don't have a garage. You know, maybe <laughs> yeah. off-street parking is super important for you, so you must have a driveway. And you'll see that these are the houses that are left on the market for a really long time because people really want that driveway. They don't want to park on the street. I just think that you as a couple, or if you're by yourself, you have to know what's super important to you. What's going to, you know, inhibit or accelerate your lifestyle with this house and try and be a little compromising. Flexible. Yeah. With work with your realtor, because you're not going to get it all, but maybe you'll have an amazing kitchen, but no driveway. I don't know. It's what is the most important to you. Just keep those factors in mind when you're looking for a house. And keep in mind that you can always upgrade once you own the home. And there's nothing that says you have to do it immediately. You know, have vision, have foresight to know that, oh, that bathroom is kind of 
awful, but for 10 grand, I can bang out this bathroom. Yeah. And you know, it will help you to buy a house at a little bit lower of a price that might fit in your budget. Oh yeah. I just did it. I just gave my bathroom a facelift. I hated it. My husband hated it. And I (laughs) gave my husband, I gave my bathroom a facelift. I didn't even have to renovate the whole thing. I think it cost me maybe like 900 bucks, a thousand dollars to rent up to like give it a full facelift. Yeah. And see, sometimes it can literally be that inexpensive to do. Yeah. It really depends on the kind of bath. I mean, if you have a bathroom that's you absolutely hate and you have no desire or vision to do anything with it other than destroy it and then gut it and do something new that's different, then it's definitely going to cost you. Right. I mean, luckily, every house I've ever purchased was a brand new construction. So (laughs) I've never had to worry about that. And my mom constantly says I'm spoiled and bougie. She's (laughs) right. I just don't have time or the capacity to fix stuff. So. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I'm at that point in my life myself, but I like saving money and it doesn't matter how much money I have. Even now, I just, I like to save money. It's like a product from my father. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I don't think I've spent any money. Well, other than in advertising for my business, I've spent no money that I've made from real estate this whole year. (laughs) That's good though. You could finish that basement and have your own like party area. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask this one and final question for you, because honestly, from my understanding and from, I'm sure you've already heard it and I'm sure you guys have, you know, on your team have already spoken about it, but fortune.com sees a prediction for 2022 that the housing is going to go up another 13 to 14%. Wow. And that just means harder for buyers with limited means to get houses. And now they're also saying that the Fed is more than likely to raise the mortgage rates like the, you know, from, I think right now it said 3.1% and they're, mm-hmm. you know, Redfin is predicting it might look like 3.6% by October, 2022. Right. I mean, it's half a percent. It's not tragic, but it's but still it does, lower, right? 3.6 is still lower historically than. Oh yeah. Know. In 2015, my parents moved from New Jersey to Florida and they bought their house at 4.25%. So 3.6 is historically low. Even 3.1% is, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm blessed. I I currently have 2.625. Yeah. Your, your, your rate's better than mine. Mine's at, I think mine's at an even three. I refinanced in November of last year. I got super lucky. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's another piece of advice for people who aren't sure what to do. Like they can refinance now if they own their home to save a little money every month. Absolutely. And I have a wonderful refinancing company. If anybody needs that, you know, reach out. I do more than just sell you a house. I can get you lending, refinancing. Luckily, we have access to all of these people um, who are just great, you know, and love helping others and, and love doing what they do. So what's one piece of advice that you wish every buyer out there knew and would, and, you know, you know, like memorized it? What's one piece of advice you would have everybody take with them. Wow. That's deep girl. You know, (laughs) people know that you didn't send me a list of questions beforehand. Um, (laughs) No, (laughs) you're so good. Like I just figured you would be fine. This is legit flow stream of consciousness today. with you. Um, (laughs) That's how good you are. See, uh, well, you know, it's comes with the actor. What is something I wish every buyer knew? Yeah. Or even every buyer and seller, like what's one piece of advice that you would tell them all? Oh, I would say this. I am here to make 
or any realtor is here to make your journey through real estate as smooth and seamless as possible, but you are not the only client I'm working with. (laughs) So patience, giving me ample time to find the professional that can answer the questions you're asking me the best, giving me that time to get back to you with the correct, solid answer. That's all very important, all very important. And I mean, the other thing is if, if you're selling a house, you know, we have certain proven techniques that help you sell your house better, right? Declutter, depersonalize, freshen up, new paint. When we come to you with these things, if you really want top dollar, you need to listen. And we're, we're only here to get you the most money you possibly can, or if you're buying, get you the best deal possible. So you have to trust in your realtor that they're there to help you. And I don't get paid unless your deal closes. So if I work with you for six, eight months, a year, I get not a dime until that home closes. So I'm in it for the long haul until the day it's done. And, you know, for me, even after, but uh, that would be something else I would want them to know. You know, that's that. Those are all great, and I love I love how you said to just trust your realtor because they're you know they're there to make the process smooth and stress free, and even after it closes, like you're there. That's a fantastic yeah. way to end that. It really is. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, so Mr. Paul Aiello, Realtor to the Stars, and I say that because you basically are. You are dynamite. I got to say that you really are. You are a dynamite realtor. I have met many realtors in my life. I know you know that. But I got to say, you are definitely one of the ones who has this like energy and this fire. And I love it. Oh, I thank you, Atomic Mommy. (laughs) Um, You know, we really had a great connection on our team. That's why we're still friends. And, you know, my name, Realtor to the Stars. I'm not, I'm not selling Sunset, by the way. Like, by the way, season four was amazing. <laughs> During the pandemic, that's what really made me want to become a realtor. I watched all three seasons of that show and I was like, I'm doing this. But everybody should feel like a star. They should feel like they're a celebrity when they're going through this process. That's what my goal is to make you feel like. That's why I'm calling myself Realtor to the Stars, because everyone should feel like a star. It's not because I'm working with New Jersey celebrities. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe they call you after this. And honestly, I hope they do. It'll be our secret. I'm very discreet. <laughs> Hollywood, call me. But you know what I love about you? And I've always loved this about you. Number one, you're honest. I never felt like you were not authentic. And I only, I really only enjoy authentically honest people. And that's you. Number two, your energy, you're fun, you're, you're, you're smart, and you do whatever it takes to know your industry. And you, then you send that energy out into the world to all of your clients. And that is exactly the reason why I think you are real to the stars. You make everyone feel like a star. You are too kind to me. I owe you a drink. <laughs> I'll take some milk and a nap. Thanks. Oh, that's fine. Atomic <laughs> mommy. I've got you. <laughs> so listen, Paul, you know, for everyone who's listening out there, these are a lot of great tips for buyers to help them get into a home. How do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? You know, what's the best way to reach you? Well, like you said, 
First of all, paul at propertypeoplegroup.com is my email. I don't think we mentioned that. Then, of course, on social media, Paul Aiello Realtor, A-I-E-L-L-O, for those of you who are not Italian. (laughs) Um, And Paul Aiello Realtor for both my Facebook page, business Facebook page, and my Instagram. My phone number, 201-232-7613. Not afraid to give it out. (laughs) And... Yeah, those are the best ways. Those are the best ways. And of course, if you go to www.propertypeoplegroup.com and you find me, you can click on me. And then also I'm there smiling at you. (laughs) Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Iello, realtor for everyone. And he will make you feel like a star. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. That's all folks for the show for today. As always, you can follow us on Atomic Mommy on Instagram. And if you don't know where that is, it's at Atomic underscore Mommy. And you can also come and visit us on the blog at www.atomicmommy.net. That's all, folks. Until next week, see you next time. And that's our show for today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified when new episodes get published. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share it with all of your friends. And be sure to follow Atomic Mommy on Instagram at Atomic underscore Mommy to never miss a beat. Thanks for listening. Until next time, 